We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Welcome in, guys. Welcome in. It is 7.31 a.m. on November November 10th, uh, 2022, and it's time for an episode of Broncos for Breakfast. I am Nick Kendall, and brought er, with me, as always, on these Thursday morning shows, Scott Kennedy. Scott, how are things out there in Atlanta? Is the sun up yet? It is. Uh, I haven't seen a whole lot of it yet. I've been working since about 6.30 this morning, so... uh, but you know, run outside, windy and cool. The uh, how we finally get rid of summer here in the South is a hurricane or a tropical storm will come and blow summer's Leaves. piney out of here, yeah. and it's coming. It's uh, it, it's coming out of Florida and supposed to be in the twenties here this weekend. After it was eighty five on Monday, I think so. Good stuff. Lots of folks coming in the chat already. It is a football Thursday, so it is. Yeah, gotta love it. Here we go. Yeah, excited to watch the uh, Falcons-Panthers tonight, right? Uh, for any sickos out there, if you guys get a chance, you know, I don't have anything going tonight, tune in and watch the uh, the Falcons' offense. They're missing some talent. Uh, they could still use a little bit of talent on that side of ball, but, man, very envious of Arthur Smith's offense there and maybe something that if the Broncos do move on from Nathaniel Hackett this offseason, maybe there's somebody over there that they'd be interested in because that Falcons scheme is that fun. Um, it's really, really good. Uh, but let's say hello to some people in the chat coming in here saying, uh, Chase Wellner, I say morning, y'all. I have a third straight day of snow removal at work. Wish me luck. God, Chase, where are you at? Um, that does not sound very fun. I One thing I love about moving to Seattle is if I want snow, I have to. I, I get to consent to it. I will drive an hour, <laughs> an hour and a half away, and I'll be in the mountains in snow. It'll be great. Go up to Whistler. The, yeah, or that too, yeah. Uh, I was thinking more Snoqualmie area, but I uh, have to get some chains this year. The uh, the wife and her mother coming out for Christmas this year. We are going over to Leavenworth, uh, which is like a Bavarian Christmas town. They go nuts. So uh, it'll be a lot of fun. Got to get chains to get over the pass, though. Uh, good to see you, Chase. I hope the snow is not nipping you too hard. We got Colin Wood, the one, the only Colin Wood, uh, always making me laugh, saying October 13th, 2019, Broncos 16, Titans 0. Derrick Henry, 15 carries, 28 yards. That I remember that game very, God, very. It's a very memorable game. One thing about it is it ended the era of Mariota in Tennessee. He was replaced in the third quarter by one Ryan Tannehill, and I guess you wouldn't say the rest is history, but here we are now, still in the Ryan Tannehill era. 
for uh, the Titans, and we'll see if Tannehill's playing this week. And I was going to say, and you're on the Ryan Tannehill watch. You know, he's yeah. he might be just as important to this game as he was to the Titans the rest of the way. Um, you know, not a not a great quarterback, but better than what they've got right now in Malik Willis. Uh, gives yeah. him a much, much better chance to win. Um, and uh, just looking through Derrick Henry splits, he hasn't scored a touchdown three times. I think he's he's got about 150 total yards against the Broncos and has not scored rushing or receiving against the orange and blue, blue and orange. I would say orange and blue. Yeah. Navy, whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm against the Navy, Navy but, uh, but let's get, yeah, yeah, it is true. Uh, we also got, let's see uh, who else is in here. We got our guy, uh, Belave bliss saying, have a great morning. Everyone. You have a great morning. Good to see you. Jeremy Sean in the house saying, morning fellows. I'm optimistic about the second half of the season. Jeremy, I think I need a win on Sunday to start feeling optimistic, but uh, we'll get there first. Emotionally, we need to pick up where we left off in London. Yeah, we need to pick up exactly where we left off in London in the second half. Uh, none of that first 20 minutes garbage uh, that we saw up there. I mean, Scott, you <laughs> you were there. That that was some of the I was worst. There, like, he's not getting back on the bus. Hackett will be gone before. Yeah. I mean, like I, I, I posted it at the time, and it was whatever the score was. It was like 12 to nothing or 15 to nothing, something strange, 12-0. And they had been beaten in first downs 15 to zero. And it was about eight minutes left in the second quarter. And it was just not going anywhere. It was mm. just really, really bad. Um, but you were playing the Jaguars. You know, I, I mentioned all the time, there are certain teams that have a gravitas about them. And there are certain teams that look to lose. And the Jaguars are in the latter category. Yep. It can turn around, uh, but uh, right now, yeah, the Jags are still in that ladder category. Unfortunately, the Broncos seem to be in that ladder category this season, but the Jags jagged, out-jagged them. Uh, we got Alessandro coming in saying, good morning, Broncos country. Let's ride. Good to see you. Ethan, our guy, saying good afternoon, gents in Broncos country. Always good to see you, Ethan. We appreciate you. hope things are going well. We got Toyin Williams. Good afternoon, Broncos country. Always good to see Toyin, too. Uh, Rock one there. from the UK area, if I'm not mistaken. This picture might even have been taken uh, at the UK. Looks like he's at a football pitch or something there. I can't tell. Um, but good to see you, Toyin. Uh, and also we got Greg Smith, the one and only. Good morning, Broncos for breakfast. <clears throat> Excuse me. Luke Wright coming in on YouTube today, not Twitch. Uh, good to see you, Luke. Saying good morning, Nick and Scott. Happy game day, Scott. Yeah, it'll be a great one. Uh, and Chase coming in from Montana. Beautiful area, Montana. So, uh, but very snowy. Um, and talking about Joe Flacco here, one of my least favorite all-time Bronco quarterbacks. Yeah, that, that was very forgettable time at least they didn't pay very much for him i think the case keenum signing hurt hurt me more because they paid him much bigger contract that's but, one uh, of those you got what you paid for right yeah you know when you you get somebody on the cheap and they don't perform what did you expect oh we got the such titans, a great deal there's a reason he was cheap titans got uh, Tannehill pretty cheap and it worked out decent for them but it has um, it has sometimes um, roll the dice Again, that's that's as much system, I think. You know, you've heard me say before, and I mean it more in college than really in the pros, but I'd rather have the coach and the system than the player. Uh, if it came down to it, not not as much in the NFL. Um yeah. but in the, in colleges, you can see you can see guys. My point is is the system and the coach is still uber important to the quarterback play. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to an edge is going to be a killer edge pretty much no matter what, you know, a running back. Yes, it is dependent, but you know, there's, there's so much synergy. We've been using that word a lot lately between the, the, the quarterback and everybody else that everything else kind of has to work around him as well. Yeah. 
Hundred percent. Uh, Kevin Gray, morning Broncos country. Nick and Scott been trying to get the pod for half an hour. Glad it finally came. Um, Bill, you've been just uh, getting excited for it to start. Okay, I got you. So oh, here we are. Good to have you in here, Kevin. Bama Taylor, also good morning Broncos country. Checking in from the football side of things this morning. Yeah, let's. Uh, Facebook gonna be good. 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 Hopefully a good game. Facebook. Good to see you, Bama. He's on Facebook. FB, Facebook, Metaverse. <laughs> who, who knows? FB. <laughs> Uh, Ernie Mays. <laughs> talking about facebook ernie mays coming in here go broncos only appreciate that to dave glassman saying uh the titans ml money line in the under hashtag my bookie yep that's uh it's not a bad bet eric figueroa should have gotten kirk over case keenum broncos made a play for kirk cousins uh he signed like a pretty much all guaranteed contract and decided to go to minnesota honestly it was probably the right decision for him in hindsight but yeah the broncos would be probably close to where the Vikings are. If they had Kirk cousin over these last few seasons, you know, sitting there, are they in the playoffs? Are they not, you know, sitting there six wins to 10, 11 wins. Probably Kirk cousins is a solid quarterback. Um, Go ahead, Scott. He got, he just got a contract that was more than I think you'd really want be comfortable in paying for sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's an alternate universe out there where the Broncos, instead of signing Vance Joseph, they hire uh, Kyle Shanahan and then they go out there and get Kirk cousins who worked with, Kyle Shanahan in, in uh, Washington for all those years. But alas, we're in this one. <laughs> Let's ride. Uh, Jetty Splash saying good morning. Good to see you, Jetty. Always love the sandpiper there. And uh, Toyan coming in saying photos from Anfield, home of the mighty Liverpool. Uh, all right. Well, I guess, Toyan, we uh, we appreciate you. Scott and I are more on the Chelsea side. I know they got an unfortunate loss here recently against Man City. But what can you do? Nigel Watts saying, I've uh, been watching ESPN and the former players on uh, their really do eat their own. Are they just overboard on Wilson? And the Broncos and also now Rodgers. So he's talking about how harsh the uh, former players are against these uh, current players. I almost how many quarterbacks it, in that group. How many quarterbacks was... are eating their own in the quarterbacks? Not as much. There's a little bit more of a quarterback fraternity. However, there is, I mentioned the word E, the E word yesterday, envy. Yep. Uh, the prima donnas. Uh, quarterbacks are treated special from the time we are on middle school until they for the rest of their lives. That's just the way it is. It's one of the most glamorous positions in sports and when they start falling there's a little schadenfreude amongst those that have a little envy that they've been treated differently for their entire lives you see it coming out now you see it coming out all the time all the time yep yeah if you're not a quarterback sorry that's just kind of the the reality of the situation uh you're just not as valuable but also you're not nearly as scrutinized um, that's, yep. it's a double edged sword as they say too much blame. When you, when you lose too much credit, when you win, I mean, it's a, go be a quarterback. You don't like it. Go be a quarterback. Oh, I can't throw the ball. Then shut up. hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, Nigel Watts saying hi from Perth, uh, Western Australia, by the way. Yeah. You're way up, uh, close to the equator there, Perth, one of the hotter cities out there in Australia. So, uh, hopefully is it summer it's starting to become summer out there? So, uh, hopefully your ACs are going well. Uh, see Patrick Havener saying, what are your guys' thoughts on the playoffs? Also. The silent one, but not so silent. What are you guys' thoughts on the, the playoffs? Thank you so much for the star, C. Patrick. Uh, right now, the Broncos sit at three and six. They are two games out of the three and five. Excuse five. me. God, I keep doing that. Man, look uh, at you already, you know, moving ahead. A little foreshadowing, Nick. Uh, Freud says there are no accidents. There are accidents. I'm here. No, um, <laughs> but the, you know, the, there are uh, three and five right now. You are two games out of the playoff picture. You have an extremely difficult back end of the schedule. Maybe not as daunting as we thought it was to start the season. Rams look a little lesser. The uh, Raiders look lesser, but still it's going to be pretty tough. And you drop games that you probably should have won early. So 
I'd say right now the Broncos probably have about a five to ten percent chance at the playoffs. But you win, you have to win this weekend's game. If you lose this game, you're sitting there at three and six. It's over. On the flip side, the beginning was a little tougher than you thought. It's kind of how it works out. You know, we look at this and we go through the schedule, and you never quite know who's going to be doing what. Um, thoughts on the playoffs? Uh, I'm looking at the draft. <laughs> uh, we'll see. You know, again, what nine games left? Six and two, six and three, probably gets it done. Seven and two, is it possible? It is. Show me. You know, uh, Nick and I both say are we we've got we must have roots in Missouri because we're both show me guys. I do. Um, <laughs> hopes and uh, hopes and and thoughts on this. We'll see. I, I don't think so. I, I don't think this team's making the playoffs. Um, we'll get into the Titans game and and why this is important and why I think the Titans are going to win this game. Before we get out of here today, Clayton coming in with the stars, stars for his wife. He says, let's give a shout out to my wifey today. The big four. Oh, you're not supposed to say that, dude. Haven't you been married long enough again. to know that? Come on, man. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Yeah. Happy birthday to your wife. Have a great uh, time celebrating her 30th birthday again. And uh, God bless you. You know, thank you so much for the support as well. We also got Dom coming in here out there in Albuquerque. Saying good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. This sucks about uh, uh, KJ Hamler and Justin Simmons. Hope we can set it up. Uh, Nick, who do you got Saturday? <laughs> Have a good day, boys. Denver Broncos for life. Uh, he's talking about probably my Iowa Hawkeyes playing the Wisconsin Badgers. I think Iowa's lost five of the last seven matchups against Wisconsin, but Iowa has won 12 straight games in the month of November. So something's going to kind of have to give there. Uh, Iowa is dogs by one and a half points at home um a buddy of mine's a badger fan and uh he gave me the badgers at uh, two and a half so i took that and then also my dad <laughs> gave me the badgers at two and a half so i got a little bit of a uh, skin in the game i didn't hedge my bets like scott did but uh it's just that's for fun pain, I, man that's pain it's you know not it's not a big losing? Bet. having to pay to lose it's Ugh, okay I, i'm much more I, uh, optimistic than i am yeah it's also not a big chunk of money so it is what it is. It's if I had a lot of money, I probably would, I would not do that. I'm too, I'm too scared. I can't I can't do the double whammy on that one. Uh, and also Clayton talking about his uh, the plans for his wife's thirtieth birthday dinner, moving and take her to the casino and two day stay at the hotel. Going to be great. Hopefully a spa and stuff as well. That'll be great. Miguel Santa Steven coming in here saying Buenos dias, mi amigos. If Denver wins, are you convinced they can make a run? I was going to make this a comment on talking about uh, C. Patrick Havners uh, about the playoffs. And you've set me up here, Miguel. So I appreciate that. Thank you so much for the support and always great to see you. The Broncos, can they make a run? Well, a run starts, the run started with Jacksonville. Now can you start to string together games? You win, beat Tennessee. That's two in a row. Then you're only one game under 500. You know, then you got the the Raiders who are in seemingly in disarray out there coming home after a game that you probably should have beat them last time in Denver. Feeling good. You could be there at 500 then after that. So I know it's super cliche, but you really have to have this mentality. Football is a week-by-week sport. A lot can change week-by-week. And what's happened before, flush it. Uh, You are what you are right now. You can take it one game at a time. You're talking about the playoffs. You're in a playoff right now. Beat Tennessee. Win that Mm -hmm. game, then we'll reevaluate from there. I know it's so cliche, but you you can't look beyond the Titans matchup because you have to beat what's in front of you. And that's true for, you know, how we look at the whole season as well. And I always lawyer these these statements because there's if, can, maybe, convinced is so definitive. 
convinced. I'm not convinced they will make a run. I'm convinced it's very possible. Do I think they're on the right track and I would put playoffs back on the table? Yes, yes, I would. Win two in a row, go on the road and beat a division leader who is a good, solid ball club? Absolutely. Absolutely. There's no reason why this team can't then go six and three, seven and two, if they're able to go to Tennessee and win this game. But that is a big if. So we will see. It's in their hands. It's they're not out of it yet. No. Um, three and six, and you're you're looking at uh we're we're talking draft prospects. Yeah. hundred percent. It'll be uh we're going to do that regardless, but uh, it'll be fun. And let's go. I don't know who I'm cheering for this week. I guess I guess I'm cheering for the 49ers to win because they're playing the Chargers, and I'd rather still have the hope of the playoffs. But uh, that's one of those ones where you're hedged. I'll be happy about either outcome because either the draft pick moves up a little bit or the Broncos' playoff chances move up a little bit. Uh, we got Alabama Chagrin coming in here saying, Good morning, dudes. How many games does Hackett have to win to be retained next year? I'm sure Russ would have to show substantial growth. Offense has to look better. There's a lot of different factors here. There has to be better game management decisions, game flow decisions. There has to be much better uh, discipline, uh, way more control as far as uh, players on the field, not having the stupid penalties over and over and over and over and over and over again that we've seen through the first half of the season. Right now, I'm going to set that number at eight wins. Uh, Eight and nine feels like that's like, oh, we were disappointing, but we showed a little bit of growth down the stretch. And we had all these injuries. We, we were kind of figuring out with Russell Wilson first year. I think eight and nine, it's not great. I could still see the ownership stepping in and firing him or saying that that's not good enough for what we paid <laughs> to for this product. But mm-hmm. right now, I think eight and nine, even though it's disappointing, might save Hackett as long as like the other factors, the visuals or whatever around it um, are better. And there's not like some ugly, stupid losses that you can point directly to the coaching staff for uh, that having happened. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. 
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. In in sports, we talk about let's not leave, let's not let the, the umpire, the referee make a decision. You know, you, you get a little bit too physical in pass coverage. Well, I gave the referee a decision that he was going to have to make. I took a ball. I, I'm sitting on two strikes and I took a ball. Close one. I'm leaving it in the hands of the umpire. Okay. Nine wins. He's safe. Seven wins. He's gone. Eight. There's a decision to be made. Mm-hmm. So I agree with you. I think that line is is right there at uh, at eight. Nick was exactly the number I was thinking. I would. Uh, I'm speaking definitively. Obviously, there are no de- definites. In my opinion, I think seven. You're looking for a new, seven and ten. You're looking for a new coach. Eight and nine's a toss up. Nine and eight. I think he's probably safe. I agree with you. Um, it's unfortunate because this year the Pope was playoffs, but things kind of fell apart pretty quickly there. And you know we can look back the Chargers game. How'd they lose that? How the hell the Colts game? What the actual heck? Uh, so unfortunate, but uh, is what it is. It's where we are now. Zach coming in saying, I'm from Missouri, the show me state, but let's go Broncos. Absolutely, Zach. Uh, I actually do have family from Missouri up there in a Moberly area of Missouri, North Central. So uh, that's why I I'm a believe in your state, state motto. Yeah, I t- born and raised in that. <laughs> I guess born and raised Iowa. Show me. Show me. Show me. 100%. We'll talk about it. Show me. Yeah. 100%. We also got. Uh, let me see. Juan Espinoza, come, Espinoza, excuse me, coming in here saying, good morning, gentlemen. Why is everyone waiting, wanting to fire the head coach Hackett? Uh, don't you guys think he deserves time? Uh, if you were Peyton, would you fire him or give him another season? We just talked about this a little bit, but mm-hmm. it really depends on what it looks like around it and the respect he's getting in that locker room. I mean, they're in there. They can kind of see what's going on. Is he saying things in the meeting and the eyes are just glazed over? Is he Michael Scott in the office? You know, like that, it's a, that kind of thing at that point, you probably are moving on, uh, mm-hmm. unfortunately, but I am more of an advocate of him getting a second year than anything. I know the, the example is uh, Nick Sirianni getting the second year and the Eagles looking completely different this season on offense. Also, you can have a second season of really adding pieces uh, to what you think will be best for Russell Wilson. So change that offense uh, another year of that. But uh, with that, all that being said, Hard to say. I think that deserving a second season, though, he's he's going to have to fight, and this team's going to have to fight to keep him around here for another year. We like quoting movies, so I like the Unforgiven and Clint Eastwood. Deserves got nothing to do with it. Um, you don't deserve anything. You earn. You you earn it. And uh, Hackett was a laughing stock nationally the first month of this season. Uh, the Annapolis Colts and Josh McDaniels have helped to cool that off some, uh, but he's three That's and five. True. And if this finishes out and it extrapolates to six and 11, he's in trouble and, and looking mm-hmm. bad doing it. You hired this guy to be an offensive coordinator and a month into the season, you're talking about, are you ready to give up, give up play calling duties yet? What exactly is it you do here? You know, we hired you to be the offensive coordinator. We hired you to install this offense and you can't run it. Then he's toast. Money's not an issue. For this, the, they'll, they'll, they'll buy out that contract. He'll be set for life. He'll go get another job somewhere else as a coordinator or a quarterback's coach or something along those lines. Hopefully one where he's got more control and can get better experience than he did at Green Bay where he's not calling the plays and he's got Aaron Rodgers. Um, that said, it's still in his hands. So 
Does he deserve it? Show me. Let's see. Let's see. Um, again, I think eight wins and you've got a decision to make. Yep, 100%. Cristiano coming in saying, morning, guys. Making it work to catch this awesome show live. Been kind of absent on the Supers, though. That's okay. As my wife and I are building our house. That's awesome. So limited resources. Much love, though. MHH for life. Yeah, no no issues, Cristiano. We're glad you're in here joining us and uh, contributing to the conversation. Uh, Chase Wellner saying, do you guys make anything on the Russell Wilson versus Pete Carroll uh, wristband uh, conversation? I will say it looks like Russell Wilson was wearing a wristband in that Jacksonville game. Uh, when I watched it, I, so I don't even, I haven't been paying attention to the aesthetic of that and their careers, but I mean, maybe Pete Carroll has something there. Uh, the game um, changes. I, yeah, I don't see any reason why you'd be know, against uh, Chase coming in blue. Um, Pete Carroll and, and Chad's got a story on it on, on mile huddle. Pete Carroll says, you know, we, we had resistance to the wristbands to do things faster. It makes things a little cleaner. This was Russell Wilson's response. Uh, I don't know exactly what he said, but um, but I, I think you know won a lot of games there without one on the wrist. Put it, you know, and uh, I didn't know uh, winning or losing mattered if you wore a wristband or not. But uh, I think that uh, you know I you know do whatever it takes to to, to make sure that we're rolling and, and moving and, and everything else. I've, I've, the few times I've definitely won a wristband depending on the game plan and what we have called and all that stuff. But yeah, I said I have worn it. What's the big deal? Again, what what is the big deal? Um, I couldn't find the quote. I looked this morning through two days of press conferences for I found the quote. I'm sorry, I couldn't find the video. I wanted to hear it in context a little bit to see, you know, to see what it says instead of just getting the the, the text of it because that can change things a lot. I couldn't find it on the surface. It sounds kind of petty. Pete Carroll's not always like that. I, we've we've seen some of that come out on the Broncos side of things where we're, we're getting it secondhand fed to us, how someone wants to shape it, but I didn't necessarily see it in context. Pete Carroll is one of the most energetic, happy guys you'll ever meet. I'm like, I can't believe how old this guy is. It's I hope I wish I was had his mentality. Now I'm 20 something years younger than him. Um, so I'm, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt of it. Kinda. But it, again, it's it's not that big a deal. It just makes for another soundbite and some good clicks for the media. Thanks. You made us some money. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. And talk about making us some money. We got Deanna Hendry coming in saying, hopefully we get a Broncos win. Thank you so much, Deanna. We got another one, a super sticker here. Uh, 20 bucks from Deanna. Deanna coming in and double dipping. We appreciate that you so like much. A new name. So announcing your presence with authority. I'll stop with the the the, the movie quotes. I promise you. They're, they just, they're, they're setting themselves up. The super stickers, the dancing pair says, you are amazing. No, you are amazing. Thank you, Deanna. Thank you so much. We really appreciate that. If you had any other questions, hit us up. Uh, so Brian Slavic coming in saying, good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. We need to pay Draymond ASAP dude is elite and a crucial piece in our defense. Oh man, the big one coming in here. <laughs> and also think we have a good chance to win this upcoming game. I think the Broncos are going to pay Draymond, uh, whether it gets done or not before the start of next season. I think he's going to get the tag if it doesn't work out for him. Uh, which will pay him a lot of money. I think we'll work something out though. Eventually they're going to have to pay him. I think he's going to get a deal. That's probably about 19 to 21 million per year uh, over four years would be my guess what the guarantees look like. I mean, that's really what it comes down to in today's NFL, but uh, he's going to get paid. Broncos have cash to do it. They also, if they're going to stick with Evero on this penny front, getting somebody like Draymond Jones, who's versatile 
a great pass rusher from the interior can line up at a multitude of spots across the defensive line. You need a guy like that. Um, I know that it was kind of eyes were rolled over at the beginning of the season uh, when this comment was made, but they talked about Evero and Aaron Donald and Draymond Jones says he's playing the Aaron Donald mold or role in this defense. Obviously he's not Aaron Donald, but they are setting him up a lot for one-on-ones and he's getting it done five and a half sacks through five or eight games. That's insane for an interior defensive lineman. That's a really good pace for an edge rusher. And he's having to split double teams and get it from the interior with a quarterback that sees him coming. So uh, he's having a great season. Hopefully they do pay him. Uh, Broncos have a chance of winning this game. Scott, what would you put it at a chance of winning this game? Just give me the percentage easier for my brain to comprehend. 33%. 33, one and three, the Broncos win. That seems about right. I would have gone. I think I would have gone 30, but uh, that's, I mean, what's that? If you're talking money lines, What's that put it, you know, minus plus 200? Is that yeah. how that works? Yep, plus 200. So. You know, it's plus 100 today. Gregory Vandalan coming in. Hot. Red hot. Coming in with the red. Gregory, so, thank you so much for the support. Y'all are really showing out today. Uh, making us feel good. Kicking off the Thanksgiving season. You know, for those of you that mm-hmm. choose to celebrate, it feels like we're getting close to the holidays. So thank you, Gregory. Appreciate you. And anything you need? Let us know. And Deanna, we talked about, you know, if there's anything you else you want to say, of course. She's firmly in the, I'm, I'm ready for a change already. I've seen enough of Nathaniel Hackett. So we get it. Get it. There was some of those that were ready after the first game. Jaw drops. Wait, what? You know, I mean, the first, you know, you're really playing for a 64-yard field goal? Really? God. You know, that was that became a, a national a national attention. And the fact is that he had these getting off all of these primetime games has helped. It's taken some of the heat off. And like I said, there's other people screwing around enough between Jim Irsay making a, a clown show in Indianapolis uh, and Josh McDaniels being who we knew he always was. Some of the focus has gone off of Hackett, but Hackett's still under fire internally. Yeah. And he should be. Hasn't been good enough. Joe Cannon coming in here. Good luck tonight, Joe, with your Falcons. Uh, we'll see how it goes for you guys. Hopefully there's a win. And uh, let's start to get into this a little bit. I saw a comment here that I wanted to... Here we go. Art H coming in saying, I'm hoping for a big game from Latavius this upcoming Sunday and hope we can give uh, Chase some reps too. Uh, Chase Edmonds, underrated pickup. So now we're getting into it. The Tennessee Titans, uh, I wouldn't call it the keys of the game, but things that stand out to us uh, for Scott and I. This is going to be a game where the Broncos are going to have to figure out how to work the quick pass game because the Titans run defense is amazing. Uh, They are the number one run defense in football. According to football outsiders, I believe they're number three in EPA per play against the run and they are number one in rush success rate. So this is a very dominant run defense. I know that some of the advanced analytics, not the system analytics, the system analytics say the Broncos run offense is terrible, but some of the individual grades of the offensive line say the Broncos run Blocking is top five in the NFL, which I don't understand for the life of me, but it's what it says. Uh, This is a game where I expect the Broncos to have to figure out how to get the quick pass game going, whether it be the running backs, whether it be Greg Dulcich, whether it be Montreal Washington, if with KJ Hamler dinged up, because I think the run game is going to be completely inept in this one. If the Broncos can run the the ball for over three yards a clip, I'm going to consider that a win. Uh, against this team and the name that you guys need to know you're going to recognize him he typically wears like full like arm sleeves red like coming up here to his biceps number 98 on the titans jeffrey simmons he is a 
a man's man, uh, absolutely giant. I think he's about six, four, six, five, 320 pounds. One of the strongest players in the entire NFL, uh, explosive against the run good against the pass. Um, if you didn't, if we didn't have Aaron Donald, uh, in the league right now, I think people would be talking about Jeffrey Simmons as the best defensive tackle in football. Uh, he's, he's insane. He's really good. And I, talked a little bit yesterday about his running partner next to him and apologize if I screw up his name I actually haven't heard it said yet but TR Tart um he's listed like 626330305 and he looks like he's 6263340 he's wide yeah no lateral mobility at all he does not go side to side at all you know what he does really well nick push the pocket backwards yeah. He goes straight ahead like a bulldozer. Uh, bulldozers with the tracks, though, they turn better. Uh, he he goes straight ahead. Like, like, like he just, he's really good at it. You know what the weakness is in pass sets for this team? The point of attack. So it's just a bad, bad matchup. So we talked yesterday on which side is which. Right now, it looks like, and, and they'll flip them sometimes, but a lot of times I was watching, they had Simmons lined up on the right side of that defense going against Reisner, center, you know, on the against Reisner. And then uh, Tart lined up on the other side against Miners. I trust Miners to hold his own against a guy who's going to come straight at you. I don't yeah. trust Reisner to do it. So it's going to be a double team. So that matchup, I, I may have talked myself into this a little bit better. You might want to switch those guys. Um because Tart will eat up Reisner, but you can have you can double team Simmons on one side and trust Miners to handle Tart head up a little bit better. Yeah, yeah, and just the overall size of the front for the Tennessee Titans is insane. Uh, they have the D- D- Miko Autry listed as an outside linebacker. How much do you think Autry weighs, Scott? Is that Denico? Uh, it's the name. Yeah, Denico. Yep. Okay. Uh, what's he weigh? 280? 285 mm-hmm. as a outside linebacker listed. They also have Bud Dupree at 270. Uh, and that's, those are their edge rushers. Those, mm-hmm. so they also those use a guy. Three ends. <laughs> they kind of use like a five man front sometimes though. So they, they mm-hmm. really believe in crunching that pocket. Um, uh, they're not going to be bending. They're not going to be, twi- uh, they will use twists and stunts with power there to get some, uh, Simmons is amazing in the twist and stunt game because he can create so much uh, displacement at the point of attack. But uh, they also have a a name that a lot of Broncos country will probably recognize as a depth guy who's been pretty good this season as far as pressures go on the interior in this situation. Uh, Demarcus Walker, who's also kind of been a tweener defensive end, defensive tackle. Mario Edwards, too, from Florida State, uh, playing there at about 290. So this is a massive defensive line. Uh, The Broncos are going to have a very hard time at the point of attack, I'm worried about Russell Wilson seeing over the line of scrimmage a lot of these guys because they're going to push him in there. Also, I see a lot of people, Russell needs to escape. This Tennessee team, they're super disciplined with their pass rush. It's very much the the example I like to use, and it's very opposite of what the Broncos are doing this season. Um, it's Indiana Jones with the, uh, the walls caving in. It's not going to get there fast. Hmm. It's going to get there, though. They're going to keep you in the pocket. They're going to make you distribute the football, and you better – find the right space, but they're going to crunch you in. Uh, I think Patrick Mahomes was uh, this last week against the Titans, the most pressured volume wise, the most pressured game a quarterback's ever had in the NFL history. I think he had like 70 dropbacks. So it's like, there's a high volume of passes as well. Not the highest. They were doing it mostly with four guys. Yep. Mostly with four guys. Now, you know, I see some of the comments, especially the Facebook chats talking about quick slants, screens, et cetera. 
You know what else they do really well? Flow to the ball and they don't miss tackles. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, you know, what are the chances we have? The chances of moving the ball effectively on a consistent basis aren't good. They're just not. That doesn't mean you can't win the game. I mean, this to me, if you're going to win this game, it, it's going to be a, a 49ers field position, hold them back, pin them inside the 10 a lot, because first and 20, you know what they're going to do, Nick? The Tennessee offense, run it. Yeah. If Malik Willis is playing quarterback, second and 15, after they pick up five, you know what they're going to do? They're going to they're gonna run it. Yeah. Third and eight, inside their own half, guess what? They're, they're going to run it. And they're going to want to play field position with you. So yeah. it might be a really dull game for the neutral. <laughs> it could be. That's why I said, when, when, I, when I went to the 49ers game, I said, this was an awful game of football that was wildly entertaining. Big 10 West football going to break you're, out. You're going to have probably. to muck it up like that again yeah. and to, to win this game, I believe. Yep, we got Wisconsin and Iowa playing in Nashville with Denver and uh, the uh, Tennessee Titans this week. So it'll be an interesting game. But yeah, the Titans run defense is insane. And I want to give a little bit of shout out to their linebacker as well. I think drafted. Let's see what he says here. Just kind of got to push my own propaganda here. Six round pick uh, from the University of Michigan, I, uh, West Virginia. Excuse me. David Long Jr. Six round pick. He is playing awesome football right now. And now he's small. He's about six foot, 230 pounds. But he is really good against the past, and he's really good against the run. Uh, he doesn't do anything exceptional, but he's just always in the right spot, flows to the ball, and uh, processes things extremely well. So I uh, want to give a shout-out to the six-round linebacker who's playing good football there for the Titans in David Long. Uh, heck of a pickup for them. I remember watching him at uh, West Virginia and being like, this guy's solid. Uh, but I didn't expect him to be this good. Granted, why can a linebacker that size function in the NFL? because your entire defensive line is guys 280 to 320 pounds. Right, because they're taking up the big guys that would come in. We talk about your goal as a defensive lineman in a lot of cases, especially against run, is to keep the the linebackers clean, keep the guards from getting the centers from getting the next level, keep them from getting chipped, et cetera, et cetera. Then the speed guys can work. Um, if, it's, if you're doing your job, then a, a player like that, if, if that guy's having to take on the center and make a tackle – six, seven yards of carry easy. And with, with Derrick Henry, six, seven is normal. I mean, six, seven yards is for a normal back 40, 50 is more like Derrick Henry. Cause once he gets to the second level, one stiff arm with those long arms of his, and he's, he's gone. He was a, he was a state hundred meter champion people. I mean, you've seen it enough now to know how fast he is, but he was a hundred meter champion coming out of Yulee high school in the state of Florida. He can fly. He's, he's special. Mm -hmm. You know yeah. that. I'm not repeating anything else that you don't know, but he's he's different. Yeah, 100%. Mike Bat, Mike, I can't read your whole comment. It's too long. I just want to give you a heads up that I see it here. Appreciate you coming in, um, but it doesn't even – it goes beyond what it'll, they'll even show on here. So uh, think about it like a tweet. I don't know if you're on Twitter, but, uh, you know, 240 characters and uh, pr more likely to get it on there. But uh, saying we need to give – essentially it seems like the comment here is that we need to give uh, Hackett more time and lower expectations. Fans, I'm not going to tell fans how to fan, um, but it really does come down to the ownership group and George Payton, and it does sound like the ownership group is not not thrilled uh, right now to the point where if the Jack if they would have lost the Jacksonville game, there might be a new head coach in Denver right now. That's is what it is. If you hadn't made that trade for Russell Wilson, I would agree with you. This team was built to win. Now, now you've got a window of three four years. You can't afford for it to take 
three or four years, you know, to say, okay, I'm going to flush season one. We'll get it going season two. We're going to compete season three. That's what you do if you were building. If you didn't think you necessarily had the roster, you traded away draft picks and capital because you felt you had the roster right now. Now, was that a big mistake from George Payton to then go and hire somebody like this with zero experience in a win-now mentality? Maybe. Maybe it was. But that's why Hackett will get less time than most because the window for this team is now. It's open. It's not we're trying to build and sustain. You are. You're always trying to build and sustain. Don't get me wrong. But 33-year-old quarterback, four-year, $160 million deal, essentially. Gave up my first-round picks for two years. Win now. That's that's why it's different. Yep. And it's just some of the decisions have been very and again, head-scratching. Looking yes. incompetent. Look, yeah. You're not just losing. You're looking bad doing it. On the offensive yeah. side of the ball. If you're going out there scoring 40 points, getting beat 42 to 40, you feel pretty good about Hackett. You just need to get a new defensive coordinator. It's your offense. Yeah. 100% offense. Broncos are one of the bottom five offenses in football so far this season. Uh, they've had some injuries, but not to the extent where uh, they can't function out there to this level. So we got the Broken Pirates coming in over on Twitch saying, uh, can the Broncos take any of the Notre Dame offensive line or Michael Mayer with our pick in the first? Michael Mayer, I guess, is a possibility. I am not going to be an advocate for taking a tight end with a first-round draft slot. Uh, I think it's a day-two position or one that, honestly, I really like what I'm seeing from Greg Dulcich. I'd go out there and pay somebody that can be a classic Y tight end, uh, whoever's there in the market, because guess what? Tight ends don't get paid very much. You can go out there and find a good player for 3 to $5 million a year, and uh, you're going to be okay rather than having to use a first-round pick on the position. I like Michael Mayer a lot. He's a good player, no doubt, out there in Notre Dame. I also really, really like uh, Darnell Washington uh, for Georgia. If Dom's still here, Darnell Washington, shout out to the dogs. Whereas number zero, I think he's he plays tight end and he's six foot seven, six foot eight, 270, 280 pounds. Um, it's just he looks he looks like if you played uh, NCAA football growing up on you know any any game system and you created a tight end that just be like you know seven foot three hundred pounds just to be bigger than everyone else. Uh, that's kind of what he looks like out there. Cause it's just ridiculous. Also wearing number zero. Um, but I'm not like using LeBron. He, it's, it's unbelievable how big he, he is. He looks like LeBron out there. I mean, he, LeBron's one of the greatest athletes, if not the greatest ever walk this planet, but that's Size-wise. what he looks like out there. I mean, as far as if it all comes together for him, look out. Yeah. Look He's out. not quite the athlete. Like a lot of the catches are contested catches, mm-hmm. you know, frame wise. He looks like LeBron. He's not LeBron. Mm-hmm. Athletes no, no, LeBron, LeBron, yeah. a different yeah, yeah. level okay. of human just... being, period. I mean, the explosiveness, he's he's arguably the most fist, physically gifted person to ever walk this planet. Yeah. He's not LeBron. Yeah. That's what it looks like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's he's uh, he's massive, but he's a lot of fun. I just can't get behind a tight end in the first round, uh, given the expenditures. I mean, we saw Noah Fant in the first round. We've seen TJ Hawkinson in the first round. These guys get traded for their value based on the trade that happened was not very high. Uh, but then you see Bradley Chubb who has been injured playing good this season, but been injured a lot. And he has a only half a season of control left and gets a first round pick. So you need to think about the long-term, I think investment for the position. So that's why I'd be against positions overall. Most of the time linebacker safety into your offensive line, tight end running back. It has to be a pretty darn special player and you better damn well hit. Uh, if you use a first round pick on one of those guys, obviously the further you get from the top 10, the more that 
conversation, you, you kind of get a little bit more flexible with it because mm-hmm. it's more important just to get good players. Mm-hmm. I digress. We got all offseason uh, to get into the draft stuff. But Where right now, Kelsey I'm often drafted. What was that? Where was Kelsey drafted? I think he was in the second round, mm-hmm. but he either had an injury or an off the field incident that caused him to fall. But a lot of people thought he was a first round talent, but there was something else going on there. I think he was. Yeah, an I mean, he's, as, he's as good as there is in the NFL right now. I'm not saying, oh, I'm not going to use the small sample size. I'm just just curious. You know, oh, you should never draft him in the first. Look at Travis Kelsey. Look at Tom Brady. You know, look yeah. at Kurt Warner. A small sample size can prove anything. I was I was just curious on where he was drafted. Yeah, uh, Rob Gronkowski, also a second round pick, but he had back issues at mm-hmm. Arizona. So it's, I mean, it's a day two position uh, if you can. And I love the tight end. It's probably my favorite position out there besides interior defensive line. Joseph talking about the, uh, we got to get back to the Titans here, but uh, talking about the draft uh, quarterback, I don't care who. I don't know if you guys, how much you guys follow uh, Dane Brugler over the athletic. He's probably one of the best uh, draft analysts out there. He should be coming for Mayox and, uh, Kuiper and Todd McShay and all those guys is a job, uh, but he does it out there in the athletic. He, he writes the for Mayox job. He did. That's true. Uh, but he's out there at the athletic <laughs> uh, doing great. And he had tweets this week talking about, and I know this is a cliche, but I'm telling you guys, this is true. Uh, the 2024 draft class looks significantly better than the 2023 class. Um, just like we were saying how the 2021 class, excuse me, the 2022 class was not great. I wouldn't take a single guy in the first round. So far, that looks to be the NFL agreed. Only Kenny Pickett was taken in the first round, and he's been horrible, terrible at that for Steelers. Uh, we'll see about Ritter and Howell and uh, Malik Willis and all that. We've kind of seen about Malik Willis. Not quite ready yet. But uh, 2023, you have an okay class. Bryce Young's a little bit small. Uh, can his play sustain when he's going to get hit by bigger, faster, stronger guys? CJ Stroud is kind of like a amped up Jared Goff, given how pocket dependent he is. After that, it's, I mean, question marks there across the board for the quarterback position. Will Levis, maybe Hendon Hooker is going to be 26 years old, I believe. 2024, though, uh, you got uh, May at North Carolina, who's number eight overall on NIL money. And there's a lot of hype surrounding May. If you get a chance to watch North Carolina, he's awesome. Uh, Anthony Richardson might be the best athlete playing quarterback in the in college football right now. I'd hope he goes back to Florida for another year. You got I, Caleb. I, I think they should. I, I was always an advocate for coming out, but he can make more money in college now. Um, yeah. So stay, you know, yep. use it, use it as a true minor league system. Someone can pay you, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what you're not giving up, you know, the, the risk involved in the sport, they're actually getting compensated now. So yep. yes, I would advocate Anthony Richardson with another year at Florida could be a lot of fun coming out yeah. early in college. I mean, out I, in the NFL. Yep. A hundred percent. A couple more names. I am with Anthony Richardson getting money at NIL at Florida. Right now, he'd probably come out and be a 20th to 50th pick, just given because of the like, position. He'd look like a better version of Malik Willis. Not great. Yep, yep. not great. A package guy, a gadget guy. Early on, I agree. But the difference in money going from 20 to 50 to top 10, I think is worth it with the NIL money sure. on the back end. Uh, and then right now, I think the odds on favorite for the number one overall pick in 2024 is Caleb Williams at USC. And then also don't sleep on J.J. McCarthy at uh, uh, Michigan as well. A really toolsy guy. Uh, he's kind of... He has the skill set of Zach Wilson, but he's like the anti Zach Wilson because Jim Jim Harbaugh is doing a phenomenal job. Is it Jim or John? Jim. Jim Harbaugh is doing a phenomenal job at keeping him in the box, protecting the football. Uh, we have an off, awesome defensive and offensive line. Don't turn it over. Just use your tools when you have to. He's been great. I think J.J. McCarthy is a great quarterback. So not to go too far down the 2024 uh, draft class there, but um, back to the Titans here. Titans have one of the 
uh, we talked about the run defense already. We need to talk about the Titans on offense as well, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, Scott, based on what I've heard, I think we should just assume that Ryan Tannehill is going to play this week. I think season. so. He's a game time so. decision against the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. He's, he's gonna play. Uh, he was game. a late scratch. He play. He he traveled, and then they scratched him during warmups, where he didn't feel like he was going to be healthy enough to help the team. Another week on that ankle, having just went through an ankle injury with my son, who heals about as quickly as these professional athletes are like mutants. The difference between like week three and week three and a half, night and day, just mm-hmm. night and day, and, and traveling. So. Yes, he should be better. How sharp will he be? Sharper than 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 uh, Willis was. Uh, who's been sharp for us all day is Deanna Henry coming in orange. She says, we need an O-line and a center. Hopefully we can get some cheap. I, that's the thing that before you even made the trade, Deanna, we were talking about the, I feel like two quality interior linemen would transform this team. And, and, just, and, and those guys that are, can be had for cheap which is inexplicable why you haven't improved it because they're not overly expensive to get. But glaring hole, relatively cheap solution, that shouldn't be hard. I I don't need to spend a a huge amount of my free agent money or a first-round draft pick in order to get two or three interior linemen come in to help beef up this team. I'd like to not, Nick, get somebody on a discount that's coming off an injury. I'd like to get someone in their prime. Give me somebody in their prime. That, that, yeah. that can play spend five or six million dollars on it do it right you don't need to spend 14 on glasgow good lord yeah i can take the money i save from glasgow being gone next year and get a good replacement the issue is a lot of times even on the interior the guys that are available are the glasgows of the world you know like they're oh we've been good for a few years it's going to be a second contract maybe he'll keep ascending he's more of a complimentary player than a guy Travel. that you build around we, we've Draft seen them. guys we've seen guys in the second third fourth round on the interior line that can come in and play right away we've seen it for mm-hmm. the last two years probably farther back than that but watching the senior bowl which which had a very good group of guards and centers the last two seasons at, at the senior bowl coming out of the draft and seeing those guys translate right away to the nfl you can improve you can improve in the middle drafts yeah. on the interior line middle 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 you got to hit though. Um, just for the other end of the example, there take more shots. Bronco, the guys that, yeah, the, the guys that are sucking on the Broncos right now in the interior, second round pick, uh, early second round pick, Dalton Reisner, uh, late third round pick, uh, Lloyd Cushenberry. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not a guarantee. Previous you still got to hit those here. picks, but that's what was that? Previous regime. Yes, previous regime. So mm-hmm. far, you look okay there with the Quinn Miners. We'll see what Luke Wattenberg does. Also, typically a center. A lot of times takes a year uh, to get out there. So that's why I was okay with Cushionberry being up and down his rookie year. We're in year three now, and it's still not great. So I need to move on. Um, I'd be okay for the Broncos paying a premium for one interior offensive lineman, just because I think the interior is that important for mm-hmm. Russell Wilson uh, with the quick pass game being limited with the run game being so valuable. If you can get a stalwart out there without having to use a first round draft pick, I'm okay with that because you're going to pay that interior guy, a premium interior guy, less than a premium offensive tackle. I think there's actually value for the Broncos to do that. So uh, you'll hear me say this name a hundred times. Everyone drink Elton Jenkins. If he becomes available, um, I am going to beat out the pack or beat out the, uh, the bears uh, to get him if I can, uh, because I think he's an incredible left guard. He's not, he played tackle this year too. He's not been great at tackle, but he's one of the best guards in football uh, when he was healthy out there and playing. So we'll see how he plays. It looks, he's watching him. He's great. 
Yeah. And thank you, Deanna, again, for your generosity today. It's uh, it's ha- definitely hasn't gone unnoticed. We love you for it. Um, mm-hmm. Getting back to the Tennessee offense, um, they started off 0-2. They lost to the Giants, which is like, oh, my God. Now it doesn't seem so bad. They lost the Bills 41-7. Okay, they got crushed. Then they won four in a row. Raiders, Colts, Commanders, Colts. In those games that they won four in a row, Tannehill passed for 264 yards. Okay, solid. 137, 181, 132. So even with him coming back, speaking of coming back, you can interrupt me all day. I don't mind. I don't mind, Deanna. Coming in hot pink, stepping up her game. It's awesome. Love it. I see the uh, the Irish in there. It's uh, the the clover in there. It's, uh, you know, with a name like Kennedy. You know I'm Irish. Uh, again, awesome. I, I lack words. I, it's it's hard for me to say how much that this means to us on on, on this on, on, on just on here. Just know it means a lot. Um, so thank you. Yeah, thank you so much, Dan. It's uh, killing it today. We appreciate you. Uh, the, last time, the, the difference, Nick, and then I'll and then let me let me hand it off. Um, is the efficiency? He's still not passing for a ton, but he'll get you know, 10, 10 completions for a hundred yards instead of going one for 10 for 50, you know, two of 12 for a hundred. He'll be more efficient on third down pose a third, but don't get, don't make any mistakes. This is still a rushing offense period. Rush, rush, rush. Can you hold up against it? Cause they're coming at you. Yeah. hundred uh, percent. Thank you so much, Deanna, for coming in again. I'm um, bringing it back to the, uh, the Titans on offense. This is a team that the Broncos, you're probably going to see more 3-4 base than you've seen all season uh, from this team. The Broncos have loved to live in a 5-1 front, uh, otherwise known as a penny front, uh, for those at home that are interested in the terminology. I think you're going to see much more of a classic 3-4 defense out there with Alex Singleton being the other starting linebacker, Josie Jewell, and then the three defensive linemen and the two edge rushers. Where the Broncos have to win this game, is on the edges. Uh, this Titans team loves to run the outside zone. They love to kind of do that pitch play as well, where it kind of Derek Henry's stamps his feet for a second. And then he sees that lane and gets North and South. And then once he gets to that second level, good luck. Uh, the Broncos just traded away their best edge setting run defender in Bradley Chubb. Uh, and Nick Benito, his big issue coming out was he was a absolutely terrible edge setting run defender. Just God awful. I'm really toolsy, but as far as the ability to set the edge, terrible um then you Do also have Jonathan more Cooper. three in this game Broncos? four man fronts with bigger defense you know where we, we go bigger on the defensive line and use three linebackers because they're I'm not why would I be in a penny front which is basically a nickel or a dime why would I need six defensive backs in this game why why, why wouldn't I, I go straight just... four three or hell five three <laughs> you know, if you want to play your edge, if you want to play, if you want to play your, your typical five man th- front three or three, four, let's, let's throw in an, an extra big body. If, if I'm worried about the edge in my three, four, well, let's make the edge bigger and say, beat me outside, you know, try and try and beat me outside. I, I like K1 Williams in the slot, you know, cause, cause Derek Henry's really good off the stretch plays going off tackle. He's really good period. He's good everywhere. I need some bodies out there, man. Why Why wouldn't I go bigger against this team who really doesn't want to throw the ball? 
I could see it some. Um, and we kind of circle back to one of the conversations to start this uh, podcast. Draymond Jones uh, has played some edge snaps this season. I could see some reps out there with uh, Draymond playing better uh, on the outside with uh, Mike Purcell at nose, uh, DJ Jones, and then another linebacker next to, or a stand up walking up uh, next to Draymond. But so that's definitely possible. But I still think it's going to be more so a classic three, four. And you talked about having a, uh, kind of a three, five look with another linebacker out there or a four, four, whatever you want to say. Mm-hmm. I think the Broncos will use a lot of cover three or cover six uh, defensive looks in this game where one of those safeties is going to walk down um, and effectively fill that gap and have to be that guy. It's going to take rallying tackles anyway, but honestly, I'd rather have the, the back end help there than have another linebacker out there. That's name is Jonas Griffith, because I'm worried about the guy being out of position, spacing being an issue, him getting into the way of the flow there. So I'd rather have the keep the integrity on the back end and limit those big plays versus crowding too much up front. If I have three linebackers though, you know, off the ball, three off ball linebackers across the back side of that line, three linebackers spacing isn't as important because there's less space. Right, but you have so to be able like to you've read got this area now. I'm, I'm taking, I'm taking away some of the room. You've got less area to cover, you know, in a in a straight in a straight more four three. And if I want to walk somebody up, fine. But I, I just think we should see more big to go out there. And we're talking penny front, which is basically a dot. It, it doesn't make any sense to go out there with 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 a, a nickel base or a dime base no. with extra defensive backs against this team. It doesn't make any sense at all. No, I agree with you there, but. Not going to see much four three. Well, what do you have personnel wise? Can you do it? Yeah, I I just don't think they have the edge body types for that. They they all almost all fit better in a three four, which is fine. Which is why go four um, three? You go you go you four have, three, and then you've got you put Singleton, Jonas, and uh, and Jewel out there, and I've got you know, and, and I'm basically playing them inside the tackles. Okay, beat me now. I think run fit wise. Up front, the four three would not translate as much because um, they're trying to do a lot more single gap kind of things. And when you take less bodies off the line of scrimmage, it changes what the assignments are up front for the defensive line. So I think that's probably a little bit too radical of a change for what you've been doing. And personnel wise, you're coming off a bye though. I mean, you might have to get a little bit spicy they're, with they're this so one. So one dimensional. This it, it'll be interesting. You know, yeah. you've got to adapt to this team because what you what you throw out there against the Chargers isn't going to work. They're going to gash you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a completely different, this is an old school team. You know, it's a passing league. This isn't a passing team. So we'll see. It'll be very interesting. It will be very interesting. You know, when you're, when you, again, as Jeremy says, first big test of a run defense post chub Well, first big test period post chub but it may be one of the only big tests of the running. This is the best running offense you're going to face. You failed against the Raiders. You failed stopping the run against the Raiders. You were light. Well, let's 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 correct. We've talked about overcorrection. Okay. Well, you dared Lamar Jackson to beat you last year from the pocket, and he did. I'm gonna dare Brian Tannehill and and Malik and or Malik Willis to beat me from the pocket too. And I'm gonna hem these guys in with an eight man wall. You know, an eight an eight man net with with big guys that that can absorb the punishment that Derrick Henry's gonna gonna dole out. And then, and then let's see. It'll be fun. It, it, I'm just got a lot more intrigued in this game for sure. <laughs> yeah, it will be interesting. You'll see the Broncos use a good bit of uh, three four though. I think this so far this season the Broncos have. Uh, you know, let's get the year right on this. 
boop. Uh, using three four, I've used it 122 times so far this season. They're two four five or the the penny front. Um, they've used that a good bit in two three six. But really, I mean the three the three four. I think you'll see a lot of that as the base. It's going to come down to these edge rushers, though. Um, how well are they going to hold up at the point of attack? Is Baron Browning going to be healthy? What Jonathan Cooper looks like? Jacob Martin maybe as well. And uh, it's going to be a tough one. So uh, Chris Hernandez coming in with support saying morning. Have a great day, all. Thank you so much. And we also got our star today, Deanna, coming in saying great show off to work. Thank well, you have so a much. great day. You've made ours better for sure, Deanna. You've definitely made our, our day better already for sure. And it's early here. So yeah, thank you so much. Um, and we got Tom Hood coming in saying Chiefs held them to 20 rushing yards in the second half and first down because they started stacking the box. They did, and it helped them. They also had Malik Willis. We might have Tannehill. It's a little different. If Tannehill, then you can't be quite as dramatic. But yeah, I'd put 11 guys on the line of scrimmage. I'd, I'd run a freaking block punt, uh, punt block defense with Malik Willis in there. <laughs> just, just send everybody. Um, but yes, uh, they Malik Willis couldn't throw at all, and they the, the completions he did made after the first two were sideways, mm-hmm. and you're rallying to the ball and making tackles. So you know, Tannehill will change that, um, but he's not he's not throwing a ton. He's not still not a prolific. I'm going to beat you with my arm. This is still going to be a running. You shut down the run. You shut down the Titans make them beat you make, make them get big get big out there so it'll be fun to see how evero with with two weeks to prepare uh sets up the team 100 percent. Naj coming in 20 bucks saying hey bros rush defense has been inconsistent all year and now with chubb i think it's going to be a tall task to stop the titans i think it will be on the offense to get a lead and win this game absolutely it's going to be a big one and then ethan man we are getting super chats galore you guys are awesome today uh ethan 50 pounds coming in saying great show jensen broncos country have a great weekend and go broncos i still got some stuff i want to talk about so i know scott's probably gonna get going i do too no, but- i'm good i'm i'm good you guys if we can still hit this yeah um uh, the broncos defense you talk about the shifts out here i think this is going to be a game where you're going to see a lot more a lot more i want to hit back on this one too on Naj. Okay. Let's, yeah. let's let's spend a little more time on Naj one real quick it says i think it's up uh on the offense to get a lead and win this game i think Naj and i, I said it a little bit earlier i think if you're going to win this game it's going to be like the 49ers game it's going to be you've got to hold up it's it's tennis i got to hold serve okay i've got to keep them from scoring I'm going to play field position, uh, have Waitman keep pinning guys inside the 10, let them make a mistake. The Titans weren't good uh, against the against the Chiefs. They were making mistakes galore, and the Chiefs didn't play very well either. It was kind of an ugly game. But make them blink. Make them make the mistake. Um, pin them back. It's going, to be, it's going to be defense and field position. So if you can win that, have McManus kick three field, four field goals and win it 12, 11 again, or whatever it was, 11 to 10 again. I think it's going to be one of those games, Nosh. Uh, yeah. it, it could be unesthetically pleasing, but very entertaining. I appreciate you coming in, Nosh. Good to see you this morning. Yeah, for me, this game will come down to the Broncos' quick pass game. Uh, can they get the ball out distributed quickly and have those guys actually make some plays? We need Cortland Sutton. We need Jerry Judy to step the hell up. Uh, so good luck with that. But defensive personnel-wise, I think this is going to be a game you're going to see a lot of DJ Jones moved over to that defensive end spot, and you'll see Mike Purcell in there a heck of a lot. I know that you've seen Deshaun Williams out there a lot this season, number 99 of the defensive end spot. He's fine against the pass. He's 
detrimental against the run. He's not very good there at the point of attack. Uh, so I think this is one where you'll probably see DJ Jones kick out a little bit, get Mike Purcell as the plug at the nose to get a little bit more beef up front uh, mm-hmm. for that team. That also will help, I think, a bit with the edge rushers as well, make their task a little bit easier because you might get some penetration or some more uh, anchoring, I guess, at that side of the uh, next to the edge rusher. So sticking with that 3-4 base. The other thing in this game for me, and I hate to, it's very hard to win football games this way. Key to the game, though, it's turnovers is number one. I think if you win the f- talk about field position, you know how you easily flip field position, get the turnover, get a turnover, fumble, <laughs> strip sack, interception, huge. Uh, but for me, can we see the Denver Bronco defense score a defensive touchdown? It's been all season. We have not had one yet. We've been close a few times. A defensive score in this one probably completely changes. Uh, the flow of the game, what the Broncos can do offensively, what the Titans have to do. You probably get a lead with that. They don't have to, they have to maybe lean into the pure drop back pass game more. This Titans offensive line, it's okay, but the tackles are not great. Nicholas Petit Friere, rookie out there, at right tackle. Dennis Daly, who the Broncos uh, brought in and said, you know what? No thanks to at the left tackle spot for them. Uh, this is a team that if you put them in pure drop back situations, even with your backup edge rushers, it's good. So defense uh, come out help the Broncos get a lead early, maybe score a points for the first time this season. Uh, that, that would change the game. Now, right now, like I said, the Broncos, I think a 30% chance of winning this game. They score a defensive touchdown in this one. I think it probably rockets up to about 70%. I was thinking 80. 80. Um, the problem is, is you, you can't count on that, man. No, you can't. Especially yeah. with a team yeah. that's not going to put the ball in the air very much. Yep. You know, you're counting on more fumbles or, or stuff, but when they do and they are erratic passing, take advantage of it. Um, and you mentioned it was a, it's a good shout with Mike Purcell, and I've I've referenced the 49ers game as a comp for this game several times. Wasn't Purcell one of the stars of yes. that game against the 49ers? So that makes a lot of sense, Nick. Yep, hundred uh, percent. So it'll be a tough game uh, for the Broncos. They're going to have to probably play their best game of the season uh, to come out with a win against the Titans, who haven't really beaten many great teams. But get considering how they looked against the the Chiefs. This past week, who Titans defense had to go up against like 90 plays or something. So maybe they'll be a little bit tired out there. It's not like getting beat with uh, running plays, but still, you're out there running around. So we'll see what it looks like. Toughest game of the season, no doubt. Uh, Scott, I want your prediction before we wrap it on up here. Oh, let's see. I think I've had 20 to 13 in my head. Uh, Titans on this one. Home team wins. It's not a great matchup. Um, again, if they if, if the, tur- the turnover battle changes all of that, that's it's cliche for a reason, but um, I would take the under in this game and uh, I'll take the Titans at home 20 to 13. Nick. And you have a little bit more scoring than I do uh, out there. I'm going 16 to 10 Titans. I think mm-hmm. the Broncos find the end zone once, but this is going to be very much a NFC North big 10 West style of football game where it's field position all day, ugly and, almost like a pitcher's duel. Every single possession is going to matter so much. If you can get that one big play, that could be the difference uh, for you in this game. The difference is, is I don't think this is good pitching. I think it's anemic hitting. <laughs> no, it's good pitching. The Broncos defense. I like a good pitcher's good. duel. I don't like bad offense. You know, I don't, I don't, it, it, but the thing is it's, it's strength on weakness for both teams. Um, it's, it's good defenses for sure. Two good defenses, but two, not so good offenses. One just has a better identity than the other. What is the identity on offense right now? Let Russ figure it out. Three and outs. 
<laughs> you know, unfortunately, Let's, yeah, it's it, uh, again in that and a team that doesn't take a lot of chances, the busted play doesn't happen nearly as much either, you know? Yeah. So, and that's been the basis of your offense so far is the busted play feast or famine. Yep. Well, hopefully the Broncos figured something out in the second half of the Jags game had the bye week now, hopefully getting healthier. Obviously KJ Hamler limited with a hamstring, Justin, Justin Simmons, Simmons out, Baron Browning out, uh, Randy Gregory out, Tom Compton out, Cam Fleming out. So Does he sound uh, healthier, Nick. In theory, the Broncos are healthier, uh, <laughs> having not played a game this week. But uh, will be a tough game. Uh, Scott and I both have the Broncos losing. Sorry, Ernie Mays. I know you said you want us to be a little bit more positive here. I'm just going to try to be honest with uh, what I perceive. Uh, I'm not going to try to put things in through any sort of filter. Um, unless I'm really ticked off. Then I'll put it through the filter where I'm trying not to be angry. But uh, Albert Knopper's coming in saying, what's the prognosis for the game? It's a must win. It is a must win. Uh, this is a game. If you lose this game, if you fall to three and six on the season, pack it up, uh, start watching games on Saturday. I'll get you guys a list of offensive tackles, wide receivers, cornerbacks, defensive linemen to start sifting through free agents as well. And uh, we'll be on the Hackett watch as well with a loss on this one. So we'll see. Um, but Broncos got a chance. I've seen the point range anywhere from I saw a place that had it like five and a half Titans. I saw on Sports Illustrated it was one and a half Titans. So mm-hmm. uh, you can find your line there and uh, maybe give yourself a little bit of an edge. Uh, but Broncos got a chance if they can stop Derrick Henry and the offense can just just do enough. Just do enough. Uh, we'll find out. It's going to be a big game for the Broncos. Maybe they caught the Titans at the right time coming off the Chiefs game. We'll see. Uh, but we appreciate you guys. Make sure you're following Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy. I am at Nick Kendall MHH. Also make sure... Ooh, I want to give before before you uh, you get us out of here. I just want to give a. It's been such a a huge show for the support and the fans. I want to give a shout out uh, to everybody. Ethan, the DWI guys, one of the OGs. Naj, appreciate you coming in. Deanna Hendry coming in strong. Gregory Vendelin, red hot. Uh, Chase Wellner kicking us off, coming in early, uh, coming in blue on on YouTube. Uh, Clayton on Facebook, C Patrick Havener on Facebook, Miguel on Facebook, and Chris Hernandez on Facebook. Thank you so much. We love all of you. Yeah, appreciate all of you guys so much. Uh, make sure you're following Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy. I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. Also, make sure you're following us at BFB underscore pod and at Mile High Huddle. If you haven't done so yet, make sure you're joining our Facebook communities, facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle and facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle pod. And as the ticker says underneath, please subscribe, like, and share over on YouTube. Um, should be a good weekend of football, everyone. Uh, hopefully you enjoy the Thursday night barn burner tonight. That'll be the Falcons versus the Panthers should be a lot of Last fun. One was pretty nuts. It was. I mean, it was 37, 34, 34, 31, somewhere along those lines. The last time these two plays yeah. 11 days ago was pretty crazy. Yeah. Should be a lot. Of, I mean, God, it's football. I see a Klee saying can't wait for more hard to watch football. Talking more about the Broncos than in Titans than uh, Panthers Falcons. But you know what? Come March. Give me all the bad football. Heck. <laughs> Come come Tuesday and Wednesday. It's give not me football. March. It's not even Thanksgiving yeah, yet. Yeah, I know. Dude. But like, I'm saying appreciate it now because you're going to be missing it in the spring. Uh, oh, no doubt. Okay, I mean, I heck, you. yeah. we're, we're back in uh, action time of year right now. We got football on Tuesday and Wednesday uh, with Mac going on. And I got to love some Mac football out there. Uh, I'm I'm a little bit partial to uh, Toledo. I, th- I think I love the, uh, the Toledo, uh, the the Toledo Rockets. program. Rockets. Yeah, absolutely. Although they did send uh, Matt Campbell. Uh, to Iowa State, and he's kind of been a thorn in Iowa's side, so maybe not as much. But uh, appreciate you guys so much. You have a great rest of your day. Have a great weekend. Uh, Make sure you continue to choose compassion and kindness. Go Broncos.
Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.